Hey, Dan, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Josh. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing today, Papa? I'm fine, thanks to Calvary. So, Papa, what are we uh, learning this week on uh, Thanks to Calvary? We're going to discuss uh, Isaiah and his call uh, just briefly. Uh, I would encourage those who might be listening at some time to consider those first uh, five chapters of the book of Isaiah and it reveals the condition of uh, Isaiah's time that he was living. And then his king at that time died in chapter six, goes into some detail about Isaiah's call uh, from God himself. His surroundings were much like ours today. And he found and discovered in the Lord that there was still hope. And he just had a <clears throat> a fresh revelation encounter with God. And so I, I, I just want us to discuss that. Maybe the first encounter with God that you had. And then I can share with uh, anyone who might be listening, my own coming to the Lord for salvation. And uh, and we'll get into especially verse number eight of uh, Isaiah chapter number six, where he said he had heard the voice of the Lord and uh, God was asking him, who are we going to send? And Isaiah said, here am I, send me. And so, uh, Dan, I'll start with you. Tell us about your coming to the Lord. Well, just to refresh your memory, and I know you're getting older, so uh, <laughs> I did grow up in your house. So, But what's interesting is uh, that has little to do with my salvation other than the influence that you had in my life. Just because I was born and raised the son of a Baptist minister does not make me a Christian. But... I made a profession of faith when I was five, and then a series of life events drew me away from my faith. It wasn't until I was 34 that I truly uh, had gotten to the point in my life I didn't feel like I could go any lower. And uh, I remember after returning home from a Sunday morning church service, I knelt in the uh, kitchen of a townhouse that I was renting, and uh I remember kneeling in that floor of that kitchen that day and confessing that I absolutely needed a Savior. And I understood that I needed Jesus Christ, and I had no hope except for Him. And it's only by His grace that He chose to save me, that He came looking for me. And I have stumbled and fumbled and failed throughout my life, but I am confident that He remains my Savior. Amen. That's good. And Josh, how about you? Um, yeah, originally, uh, I I did the center of prayer, and I, you know, I, I think that um, at the time I, I definitely had faith in um, Christ and faith in the Word. Um, but uh, uh, in Panama City, um, at the, uh, the the house that you lived at at the time, around where I was five or six, um, had accepted Christ at that time, and then you know, same type of thing. I know everybody backslides, but. Um, you know, I, I think that, that I always had faith that, um, that, uh, you know, Christ died for our sins and that, um, that he rose again, um, to, to save us all. And, uh, but, um, you know, it, it took, uh, it took a while for me to, to, to have, 
um, in my adult life, it took a while for me to have faith in the teachings of Christ and faith in the way of Christ, that that, that was a lot better than anything that I could do and, uh, and kind of surrender um, more so to that. Um, I can't pinpoint a, 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 a certain year or time that that happened, but um, it was definitely, um, uh, you know, in between graduating um, uh, high school and uh, and then, you know, going into the military somewhere in between there, I started to really um, understand uh, more that, that, that I need to, to not only not only believe that something, but, but believe in, um, in, in Christ and, and what, what he stood for and what, what, um, his teachings are and, and the way that his will is designed, um, for us to, to all live. That's awesome. That's awesome, Dan and Josh, both of you. Of course, you both know that I come from a preacher's home myself and my grandfather was a preacher and there's other preachers in the family, but I like what Dan has said that it's not because of that, that uh, we ourselves are, believers or <clears throat> children of God. It was in uh, 1965, November the 14th, actually, when I came to an altar at Union Avenue Baptist Church on the <clears throat> Sunday night. And a lot of that had to do with uh, then my girlfriend, who is now my wife, and her testimony and her life that she's living for the Lord. And uh, I got into conviction. <clears throat> and put my trust and faith in the Lord. But like the two of you, I, I've not been everything that God wanted me to be. <clears throat> I went away to the military for a couple of years, just like y'all have. And, uh, <clears throat> and I wish I could say that I lived for him while I was there, but I did not. Then I came home <clears throat> and got back in church active and uh, eventually dedicated my life to the Lord. And uh, from that time now, these many years, the next next month, I will have been preaching 50 years. And uh, from then until now, it's, in the, it's been uh, in God's uh, classroom the whole time. And uh, sometimes we, we get the tests before we get the lessons. And... Uh, I uh, put my trust and faith in the Lord and do that daily, recognizing who he is from the word of God. Never saw him, but look forward to seeing him someday. But see him on every page of his word. And what a blessing it is to read anywhere in God's word and realize that it's about God's son and his love for us. It just brings home, brings to the heart, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And the world, he's not talking about physical. He's talking about us. And he's talking about me, you, those others who have heard us and know us and, and will know us. <clears throat> but the important thing is him. I had so many people, I'm sure you did too, that was an influence in my life and in sharing with me who Jesus was and what he had done and was doing for them. And now then what an opportunity that we have to share with uh, others what he Christ has done for us and what he does do and what he's doing, what he has planned for us. And so I, I'm, I'm excited to be able to spend this time with uh, the two of you 
as not only uh, biological kin, but also spiritual kin as brothers in Christ. And what a blessing it is. And so I'm sure as this is developing that uh, there'll be some interesting things. I, I would like up front for us to realize, hey, we're talking about uh, the scripture from time to time. And uh, there is a, there's chances uh, that we're going, we're going to learn from one another and we're going to learn things about one another that uh, is going to be important, going to be a blessing and going to be exciting. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to glean from you and I hope there'll be some things from time to time that I might say that would uh, be a help <clears throat> to you as well. But uh, Isaiah saw some things in these verses. What a blessing it was to me that uh, he could see God's position and his personality and how that he knew that even in the climate of the things going on, that God's presence was always real. And that's true of us today in the world that we're living. Yeah, he said, uh, woe is me, for I am undone, in uh, verse 5 of that chapter, chapter 6. And uh, he, uh, <clears throat> I, I was just thinking as I was reading that, the earlier chapters of that, the condition of the land at the time, that uh, he sees the Lord, he has an encounter with him. He's come face to face with the Lord. He's come voice to voice with the Lord. And uh, once he hears God and what he has said and is saying to him, he says, woe is me. He could, he could have easily said he did include the other. He said, said I dwell in the midst of uh, people of an unclean lips. He included them, but he saw himself as uh, undone, in need of. And so another thing that I was saying, too, that... Uh, yeah, I, have, I, I think that that probably that probably speaks to, you know, if you if you put that in the context of who Isaiah was at the time, um, that that speaks a lot to 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 how we reflect to ourselves today, as far as you know, you you see a a lot of um, uh, evangelists on TV that that maybe boast up their church or boast up themselves or, or even us in our daily lives, we boast up ourselves, but but Isaiah really provides the example of how we should be coming to the Lord. Um, you know, humbled and, and realizing who we are, um, and and in relation to, to who God is, um, uh, and and you know, for for Isaiah to do that, a, a prophet that that's looked uh, fondly upon uh, for the time uh, is is just speaks mounds of 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 the type of uh, a relationship that he had with with God and and the the type of understanding that he had of God's will. You know, uh, I can't help but think about parallelism between what Isaiah is saying here in 6, and then what Peter said in Luke chapter 5. So if you remember uh, that story there, Jesus had just performed a miracle where uh, Peter and the uh, sons of Zebedee were out there, and they drew in all of these fish after Jesus had performed that miracle, and they filled up both their boats. And then Peter's immediate response was to fall on his knees and say, depart from me. So he was uh, he declared that he was a sinful man. So I, I think it's fascinating. 
it, it is interesting to me that when we really get a glimpse of who God is, when we really get a glimpse of who Jesus Christ is as God's son, then we get a real good glimpse of who we are. And then in, in stark contrast, we see our sinful self simply because God is absolutely holy. He's righteous. He is, his ways are not our ways. He is so far above us that we could never hope to attain the holiness and righteousness that is God. Yeah. Yeah. And the, you know, you don't know how dark um, the dark is until you have something to contrast it against. And, and uh, you know, we can think about Job as well when he was a perfect man. He, in the eyes of God, his own opinion of Job was that he was a man who eschewed evil. <clears throat> he was doing right always, and then all those things happened. I've often thought Job knew nothing about what God and Satan was talking about. And then for the, those years of his life, he was, I haven't done anything wrong. Why is this? happening to me and then at the end of the book of Job he comes face to face with God and he said I've heard about you but now then I see you and I'm repent and dust and ashes and I think that's where we all come to isn't it that uh, we recognize that how it's been said already how holy here these seraphims were holy 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 and uh, God is holy and uh, we've all sinned, come short of the glory of God. Some people can't realize that, but it's true. And even when uh, you read the remaining verses of chapter number six, and God is kind of telling Isaiah, they're not going to listen to you. They're going to hear you with their hearts, but they're not, I mean, they're here, but they're not, they're going to see you, but they won't see you. And, and yet Isaiah was willing to go for God. And uh, look at Noah. All the preaching he did while he's building that ark, and uh, only his family was saved. And we just, you know, my calling, your calling, you're all. First uh, Corinthians twelve says God puts us within the body of Christ, gives us a gift, and uh, we're to do what God. You're what you're doing in life and your daily job that you have. You're calling and do it to the best of your ability. And uh, so whether it's me preaching or, or someone who is in the church as a deacon or a Sunday school teacher or just a lay person, do what you can do for God with all of your heart. But in the whole time, recognizing that he is who he is and praises be his name. Yeah. And never losing sight of even on our best days that anything we do is still, you know, considered as dirty rags and Right. In comparison to what he he does for us, that's true. That's true. Amen. All right. Um, if you would like to reach out to the podcast, um, you can uh, message us on Facebook uh, at the Thanks to Calvary uh, on Facebook. Um, we also have a, um, a voicemail service um, through Anchor. Um, if you go to Anchor.fm/slash Thanks to Calvary/slash voicemail. You can leave us a voicemail there, um, and we can answer any question that you have on the podcast. Obviously, if you would like an anonymity, uh, then please uh, do address that uh, whenever you're reaching out to us. And uh, until next time, this has been Thanks to Calvary. Paul, do you want to uh, lead us out on uh, prayer? Sure. Thank you so much. Father, I praise you. We come before you. 
I, there's miles that separate us, son, grandson, father, grandfather. But we're, we're knit together in the Spirit of God. You live within us, and thank you for that. Within each of our families, uh, we lift one another up as brothers in Christ and as believers in the Lord. We pray for our families. We pray for those, Lord, that we know there's many that are involved in each of our lives that are going through some very difficult times now, some true heartaches. We, I trust that testimonies can be a blessing to them, encouraging them, and that they will see the reality of becoming a believer put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. And for those whose trust is already there to be encouraged in the Lord. Thank you for all of it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.